Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today, A's shortstop Marcus Simeon stops by. He's going to talk to us about the team's recent play and the possibility of a contract extension for him. Then NBC Sports California play-by-play announcer Glenn Kuyper joins us to discuss some of the A's major concerns this year, some of their positives, and the challenges of calling a game at Fenway Park. All next on A's Plus. Our guest today on the A's Plus podcast is A shortstop Marcus Simeon, of course, a Bay Area native, a former Cal player. We'll forgive him that for now. Um, having a wonderful season all around season. Um, Marcus, first of all, what, what has been the key for you and your consistency this year? This seems like the most kind of consistent level of play we've seen from you. Well, I mean, it's just um, routine. I think experience helps too, just playing so many games at shortstop at this level has helped me learn different things. Um, just, you know, you start to learn about who you're facing, what kind of guy are you facing that day, um, and how to hit those kind of guys. And instead of just trying to see ball, hit ball, you start to think about those things to, to give you a better chance that day. You're now hitting leadoff quite frequently. How comfortable are you in that spot? Is that something you like to do? Uh, I like having a lot of at-bats. So, I mean, usually when you hit leadoff, you usually get four or five at-bats instead of three or four in the in the eight spot or whatever it is. So um, that first at-bat, you kind of want to um, give the guys a chance to see that pitcher a little bit more and take some pitches. Um, but that's fine with me. I mean, I just want to have a quality at-bat every time anyway, so that's fine. Hitting up there and having guys hitting behind you, you know, like, Chapman, Scotty, Davis, people like that up in the top of the order. Does that also help you as a hitter? Does that kind of help with when it comes to things like consistency? Uh, for me, I just want to get on base for those guys because they, they can hit the ball out of the ballpark at any time. You know, once those guys get hot, it's going to be fun if I can get on base for them and score some more runs. So, um, you know, I feel like every time Katie hits a homer, if I can be on base, then you know, we'll do some good things, you know. So, um I like it. Um, have you figured out things about your swing over the last couple of years? Like, is there, is there like a real key for you as you kind of turned into this guy who's sort of now hitting, you know, around 300 and getting on base a lot? Um, not, not necessarily the mechanics of the swing, more the approach, what I'm looking for, um, just staying in my zone. And just being disciplined. It takes a lot of discipline to be able to do that. And on the bad days, you'll see some bad swings, and that means I'm probably out of my approach and what I'm trying to do. So um, just, you know, that's if I do get off my approach, hopefully it's just by a little bit and I'm still in the strike zone, but uh, that's what I've been trying to do. Is there a, an easy way to explain what you kind of look for when um, when you're looking in your zone? I know there's some guys that kind of like divide the plate sort of inner half, outer half and things like that. What, what do you do? What's kind of your key? Yeah, I mean, I've tried that before in years past, just looking out, you know, look out over and just um, stay in that zone. But sometimes you get in trouble depending on the pitcher. If, he, if that's a guy who throws a cutter that starts in that zone and goes off, you might be swinging at it. Yeah. So you, you have to be able to change what you're doing depending on the guy. That's what I was talking about before, just knowing who you're facing and what kind of guy he is and formulate, or just coming coming up with a plan for that guy. And I don't want to give away too much because, um, you know, I think it's been working for me well now, but um, that's kind of a little bit of it. 
when you are sort of an all-around player in an important position like shortstop, do you do you kind of prioritize things? Obviously, defense is probably, I'm guessing, uppermost in your mind over everything else. Yeah, I mean, um, you want your, your pitchers to be comfortable. Um, our left side of the infield, we, we did well last year. Um, I think we can do better. You know, we've been working on some different positioning things so that we don't overlap because, you know, he, Chapman has so much range over there. So I've been, we've been talking a little bit, how do we get better at certain things because we want to be elite. And um, you're right, defense is very important. I think both are, if I can do both to the best of my ability, I think we'll be a better team. How um, long does it take to sort of really get adjusted to a new second baseman? Obviously, you and Jed Lowry worked together for some years and knew each other really well, and you're you, both Gold Glove finalists last year. Getting used to jerks and profile, especially when they're things like shifts and all that kind of thing, does that take some time? Yeah, you just see where does Jerickson play on a certain hitter? You know, there's a, there's a straight-up guy. Uh, where is his straight up? That took me a little while to, to learn. Um, there's been times where I've pushed him over a little bit to you know move over. I got this. You, you get that. Um, that's going to take time. With Jed, you know, it's kind of just second nature. We've been three or four years of playing together, so um, that's fine, though. We're working at it. Do you set goals for yourself for the season, like numbers-wise or just sort of anything in general? Uh, mostly just um, playing playing 162 or close to it and letting the results take care of themselves. If you get a lot of chances, hopefully, and you're seeing the ball well, you're going to put up some good numbers. Now, we talked a little bit in the offseason. I got to see you present Ron Washington with an award at the Game Changers Dinner, um, which sort of allows athletes to honor coaches that have meant a lot to you. Is there a way to sort of sum up what Ron Washington meant for you in your career? Well, Wash sacrificed a lot for me. He sacrificed a ton of time. Um, you know, he took a, I'm sure he took a little pay cut because he, he probably could have managed somewhere, uh, but he decided to go back to third base coach and helping infielders and helping me. So uh, he, the routine we built, um, I've talked about it a lot, but it helped me get confident catching and throwing the ball. And then I just tried to build once he left on what we uh, did together. So it's been, it's always been, it'll be the best uh, blessing of my career to have a guy come in and help me as much as he did, and especially for the A's to, to hire him. Now, uh, you guys have been um, a little bit up and down this season. It seems like you haven't, haven't quite found your footing. Um, you're coming off uh, right now a kind of a tough series against Toronto, which swept the season series. How, how have you seen the way you guys have played the last couple of weeks, but particularly that Toronto series? Yeah, I mean... That was a tough game on Sunday there, but um, the offense really just, we haven't been putting up a lot of runs, so it's hard to win games when you're not putting up a lot of runs in the, in this league. Um, it's funny, we haven't won one game indoors. Um, you know, talking about Japan, Houston, Toronto, so we're, we're happy to be back outdoors here. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, Matt Olson's obviously been out since you guys were in Japan. How much of an impact does that have, you know, fairly obviously on, on the offense? Um, yeah, he's a big bat in our lineup. He's a guy who can get on base and uh, work a pitcher down. Um, just his presence. He's a great teammate to everybody, and he's a winner. He's been a winner at every level pretty much. Um, 
and it was a tough loss when we lost. When he had the hand thing, I was pretty devastated mid-game just seeing him go down. But um, you know, we're happy to get him back soon. Um, how much does this season so far kind of may maybe remind you of the way you guys started last year? Because there were a lot of injuries last year, and, and really you guys didn't get going until June. I mean, there's plenty of season left right now. We're still only in April. But does it remind you in some ways a little bit of last year where it was a little bit slow, a slow start? Yeah, the only difference is um, we're losing games against non-division opponents. I feel like last year we struggled early against the division, but we handled the the AL East or the, the Central. So, um, you know, different schedule this year, but I, I'm, I'm hoping that we get it rolling, and especially against those division teams so we can uh, – you know, get higher in the, the standings there. Yeah, and I mean, I think you guys can look ahead and see Olsen comes back soon, and then you should sort of start to get a wave of, of some of the starting pitchers back too. How much do you guys kind of look at that and say, like, you know, by midseason this could be kind of a little bit of a different team? Yeah, I hope these uh, these guys who are hurt get healthy quick because, um, you know, we've got some good arms that are on their way back, you know. See what Frankie can do with his velocity and just uh, the way other teams look uncomfortable against guys who, who throw 95 plus for seven innings. It's just uh, it's tough on hitters. So hopefully we can get some of those young guys up. You're, I, I think, the longest tenure days player at this point. Um, you're also the player rep with the union. Um, how much do you enjoy those responsibilities? Is that kind of fun for you? Yeah, it's been interesting lately just with all the different rules that have come up and different ways that you know the league might want to uh, change things for what they think may be the better of the game or not I'm kind of an old-school guy and I I like the way you know things have been I think some things are good some things you know don't really matter but um, ultimately that's I'm just a player rep so I'm just here to relay information to the guys uh, how many concerns do, do you have about the kind of the slow labor markets in the winter the last two years, really? Yeah, I mean, I just know how many good players there were that didn't get um, what guys got in the past. And, you know, that's what the, the free agent market usually relies on, you know, what guys did in the past. And if he looks the same as that guy, um, hopefully he can get that. But there's also less chairs for guys to go to if, if a lot of teams want to go young and start fresh or whatever you call it um, there's less chairs so that means guys don't have as many uh, options now um i know two years ago the A's had talked to you a little bit about an extension we were all, all obviously really happy about chris davis signing for his for two years uh and i know there's been some talk about maybe doing something with you. Um, can you talk at all about how that's going or, you know, what your, your thoughts in general on maybe being able to stay here for a few more years? Yeah, I mean, this is home for me. Um, baseball home and home home. So um, my family, I've been able to get married, raise a family, um, grow my big league career in Oakland. So, of course, I want to stay. Um, you know, I'm, right now I'm just focused on getting better every day and I'm happy for KD that he got his um, his deal. I think Chapman should be here a long time. This whole core that we have, we play well together. And I, I haven't seen that in Oakland in a long time. And so you, you hope that, um, you know, we can all stay together and whatever it takes, hopefully it gets done.
Well, I think um, anybody listening to this podcast is probably going to agree with that sentiment. Marcus Simeon, thanks so much for joining us on Ace Plus. All right, thank you. Thanks again to A Shortstop Marcus Simeon for joining us today. We will be right back with NBC Sports California broadcaster, Glenn Kuyper. Glenn Kuyper is making his A's Plus podcast debut today. Glenn, I figured this might be a nice time to talk to somebody who discusses the A's for a living because they're coming off a another tough series against Toronto. What do you make of the A's this year? And they're you know they're a little bit all over the map, but one thing we can say is they just could not buy a win against Toronto. What do you think about uh, how they played against the Blue Jays? Yeah, I think maybe every year there's a team that sort of has your number. Last year the A's had the Blue Jays number, and unfortunately it got turned on them this year. And you play the six games, you lose them all, and, and it all happens in the month of April. But it, it, as far as the record, I mean, I, I think we've seen some good from the A's, and then we've seen some bad from the A's. Uh, record-wise, I don't worry about the record so much this time of year. But the, the, the one thing I do think about, Susan, is is you know, it, it's it's easy to look back at last year and say, hey, they won 97 games, and you know, hey, you know what, they'll get hot again, and but. People need to remember that what happened from June 15th to the end of the year was unbelievable. I mean, their, their winning percentage during that time period was 680. You're not going to do that every year. So I, I think to, to, to maybe I'm talking as a fan, but to sit back and say, hey, you know what? They'll get hot again. They may, but I don't know that you can plan on doing what they did last year every year. Yeah, it was a little... Uh, it, it was unbelievable. It was a high wire act, yeah, especially, absolutely. you know, piecemealing the rotation right. the way they right. did. I mean, I, it's and they're kind of trying to do that again sure. this year. And it's, it's a different... It, it's Every year is different, and I think I think they're in the end, they will be a very good team. Um, but I do think there's, there's some tweaks that already that we've seen in the first month that they're going to probably need to make. Um, and, and to, you know, they, they're... The, the production on the right side of the infield last year compared to this year is enormous. I mean, there's a huge drop off, and, and you know that has a chance to change when you get Olson back and you see if you can get Profar going. Uh, but you know that's a big difference from last year to this year so far as well. Yeah, what have you made of Profar so far? When the A's made that deal, I was um, really enthusiastic about it from a baseball standpoint. I, you know, he's a guy who's 26 years old yeah. and coming off his best season, finally healthy. Uh, and uh, he really just hasn't seemed to find a stride. Yeah, I think I think all of us, me, you, and all of us felt like, hey, after what he did last year, he is ready to to become a really really good player and maybe add on to what he did last year. He had 35 doubles and 20 home runs. So I think the production so far, obviously, it's been disappointing. Uh, I got some concerns about him defensively. I I. I I think he's better than he's shown, but yet he has not. He has not looked great defensively. That's a concern. I think you need to be. You need to be. You need to be good at that position defensively. And again, that's another area of production that has taken a step down because Jed Lowry was pretty good. Jed Lowry did not have a huge amount of range, but but he caught everything that was at him. And Jed turned to double play really well. So so I I do think there's some concern there with Profar. Legitimate concern. But I also think new team. Fairly high expectations, replacing an all-star. You know, maybe maybe we can get him just to relax a little bit. Uh, but but ultimately, you're going to need to get some more stuff from that position, whether it be Profar or somebody else. I went back at one point and looked at A's players who'd come over in trades during an offseason and then really gotten off to poor, poor starts. And there were some big names in there. Yeah. Frank Thomas, 
Mark Kotze and Chris Davis among them. Um, so it's not it's not unprecedented that you kind of struggled initially with a new team and then and yeah. then kind of get it going. And I think you could look at let players from every team that it happens to. I think there is an adjustment period. Um, you know, especially if, if the team you're coming from is the only team you've ever been with, in Profire's case, the Texas Rangers. There is an adjustment period. I think spring training, oh, yeah, you get to know everybody, but still, uh, you want to do well with a new team, especially a team that you come to that has expectations of going back to the postseason. So, so sometimes guys feel a little bit of pressure, and, and maybe that is what's happening with Profire. But I, I'm with you. I don't think it's really all that uncommon to struggle a little bit. It turned out well for Chris Davis. Yeah, yeah. he's certainly got talent. He does. No um, question. Let's talk about uh, the left side of the infield mm-hmm. then, and, and which has been a, a very productive. What have you, uh, you know, Marcus Simeon really has turned into a really consistent player on both sides of the ball, and obviously Matt Chapman's just having what potentially could be a monster season. Well, it's yeah, and you know, and we could talk about Chapman all day. I we mean, he's really the best. He's probably the best defensive player in all of baseball, and he's he's fun to watch. He's he's a great kid. He's he's got some moxie. I mean, he's there's really nothing to to dislike about him, and, and he's going to have a giant career, and I hope he spends 20 years with the A's. But i, I got to give Marcus Simeon a lot of credit. I mean, he has come so far, not just defensively, but offensively. He's become a really good offensive player, and now he's become a really good defensive player. I can't say that any of us thought that that was going to happen two, three years ago. I think we thought he would be a, a, a pretty good player, but now, he, I mean, you're talking about a kid who has a chance to maybe be an all-star. Uh, you know, so that's how far he's coming. He works hard. He's a great kid. You know, he's just so easy to, to, to root for. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, he's one of my favorite players because he just, he's just a normal guy, you know. Like, and uh, so we wish him the best. And you know what? I mean, there's a decision there for the A's. He's two years away from free agency. Um, and here's a middle of the middle of the diamond player who really you've kind of brought into the big leagues and, and he's shown all this improvement with you. You know, let's hope the A's can keep him because I think he's become a very, very important part of this team. And you would imagine that the market for a still reasonably young yep. two-way shortstop, there aren't that many of those anymore. So There's not. There's not. And that's the thing. And, you know, you... Who knows? I mean, predicting what a guy may get now is too hard to do because of you know the free agent stuff. But but there's no question there would be teams that that would that would you know go after Marcus and, and you know give him a nice contract. But that, you know let let's hope that something to me he you know I think a lot of a lot of a lot of the fans and you, you talk about oh let's get Chapman signed in Olson. Well, they're not going anywhere, right? They're, right. They, I, to me, it's the guys that are a little bit closer to free agency. Yeah. Chris Davis got taken care of. Awesome. Yeah. To me, Marcus Simeon needs to be at the top of that list because he's a year and a half away from being a free agent. Yeah, and they've talked to him about deals before, so let's let's hope yeah, that that's right. they can get something done here soon. Price um, is probably going up a little bit, I but think that's so. all right. I think so. They should have probably done, maybe done it a year or two ago. Um, now, I'm imagining as a, the A's you know, lead play-by-play man on, on television that there's probably little that is more fun for you than calling – Whatever it is that Ramon Laureano is doing at a given moment. And Stephen Scotty too. That outfield has got to be a lot of fun for you with some of the highlight reel stuff they do. Well, you know what you realize, Susan, is, and I was thinking about this the other day, is usually your, your, your high points as an announcer come on an offensive thing, right? A home run or, you know game-winning hit, that type of thing. But with, with Laureano, now you're, you're, some of your broadcasting highlights are with defense. Yeah. 
And that doesn't happen very often, you know, because you think about the home runs and that kind of thing. But with Laureano, you just he's he does these things that are ridiculous, and and then as an announcer, you just become ridiculous, right? Because you just you're kind of amazed, and but yet you want to call the play. And so when a ball goes into the air, and, it, and it's one of my favorite things now. And, and even in Toronto, a couple of the home runs where you I always when the ball goes in the air, you look at the ball, and then. Me as an announcer, I look at the outfielder, right, right. You're and like, oh, he's just—he's just tearing back as fast as he can. And you're now you're thinking, oh boy, I got to get ready because he's probably going to catch this. <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't in Toronto, but but yeah, yeah. I, I don't. There's not a lot of players that defensively they sort of make your day as a as a play-by-play announcer. And we have Laureano and Chapman and Piscotti makes a lot of good Piscotti's plays in the outfield, really right? Outfield. You know, and and, and and when Matt Olson comes back, he's really good. So uh, it it's kind of a treat because you can have a lot of fun announcing defense as well as you know home runs and and doubles and triples and that kind of thing. You're gonna need like a signature defense call uh, somehow. I'm, I'm, yeah, I gotta start working on that. That's a lot of pressure, though, Susan. That's a lot of pressure. Be, it took me nine years to master one, and I don't even know if the home run calls all that great, but. I, I felt like I had to have one. My brother had one, and I got to get one. That's exactly. what I mean. Whatever Dwayne does, you got to do. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Um, now the A's come to Boston. Um, obviously, they're you know in a little bit of a funk with that Toronto series. The Red Sox have gotten off to a slow start. Is this one of those? It's a good time to catch them because they're not playing well, or it's a bad time to catch them because you know they're coming off a World Series and yeah, they're not playing well and they're probably pretty ticked off. Yeah, I think it it sounds like in, in getting here and reading the papers and talking to some people that that they're starting to show some frustration. And how could you not? I mean, this team is loaded with talent. And I guess they are, they're, they, you know, they did not play well over the weekend, but they got off to a 2-8 and eight start, so that, that put them in a hole. Ultimately, they, it seems like a group, there's so much talent that they'll, they'll, they'll be there at the end. Uh, but again, you, you know, they won it all last year and won, what, 112 games or whatever it was, I don't even know. So... Yeah, I don't know. Catching them, I don't know if you're ever really catching the Red Sox at a good time in Fenway. It's a tough place to play, but um, but yeah, there seems to be something maybe missing from from them. You know, the, the pitching has not been great, but um, to me, they're still scary. You know, I mean, it's it's such a good lineup, and you you, you sort of wait for them to start getting hot. We recall that the A's faced Houston when Houston came yeah, in very slow, and then suddenly the that, that series didn't go all that well. For yeah, the A's. and you know what, Susan, I always. I'm always afraid to, to to really look at how how's the team playing when you're coming in because you just don't know, you know, or, or who's hurt, you know. You you look at guys that are on the DL, but it, ultimately it just it's, what are they going to do that three game series, you know, because it changes from time to time. Pitching uh, match. Yeah, exactly. There's so many different variables, but uh, but uh, so yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm not sold on, on the Red Sox demise. I think it's too early and tough division. You know, Yankees are unbelievably playing great and the Rays are the real deal, but but uh, there's a lot of winning pedigree on this team. So. Is this a fun place to call a game? You know what? It's a great question, Susan. It's it's a fun place to announce a game because the atmosphere is great. There's a lot of excitement. But the actual broadcasting of the game is difficult because it, it it's not a great broadcast booth, which is kind of an announcer thing, right? But you're, you, you, the the view from the booth is is completely different as it is from the, your press box view is completely different than any other ballpark. You, you're looking down at the field as opposed to out at the field, so it's harder to call. Like you get a ball that looks like a pop up in the infield, and it's a fly ball to left field. So it's it's a more difficult place to announce because of that. 
but it's very enjoyable because of the atmosphere. Right. So it's kind of a and the kind history. Of, yeah, no, it's oh my god, games it's, a, it's crazy games. Games are always fun. Yeah, no, yeah. it's so it's it's a lot of fun, but it's it's a it's a challenge to announce a game from here because of kind of where the broadcast booth is. Well, have a great time doing so, and uh, we will hope to get you on maybe a, a later version of the podcast this season. Yeah, it took till the end of April, so that disappoints me a little bit, Susan. I thought you Going and I were well. more better friends than that, but uh, but I appreciate it. It's always Absolutely. fun. We'll do it again soon, all right? Absolutely. Awesome. It's been very good, so Thank yeah, you, you get another try. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Thanks again to Glenn Kuyper for joining us on A's Plus. You can always hear his work on the A's broadcasts on NBC Sports California. Our producers today were King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. We will be back later in the week with another episode of A's Plus. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sanfranciscochronicle.com slash subscribe.